Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action to create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in this tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Today, I will be speaking with Maria Sefedin. Maria Sefedin is the co-founder of Innovative Solution Partners, a Michigan-based IT consulting firm that specializes in helping businesses leverage data analytics to make timely and effective business decisions. Since 1999, Innovative Solution Partners has been helping businesses of all sizes. Maria's 20-plus years of IT and entrepreneurship experience allows her to help clients navigate how to map technology with their business needs. Prior to starting her firm, her work experience included Ernst & Young, Levi Home Entertainment, and Electronic Data Systems. She serves as a board of director for the NABO Greater Detroit Chapter and is an alum of Emerging Leaders, Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program, and the WBEMC IBM Executive Education Program at Tuck. Welcome to the show, Maria. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Let's get started. Um, Can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I actually uh, grew up in a family business that was revolving around selling computers and software before the days of Best Buy and the big box stores. Mm -hmm. So uh, my parents are immigrants and they opened up that shop when I was a teenager and that's how I spent my summers. I ended up then going to business school and majoring in information technology. And in, I think technology was just always there. Growing up in a business, I was surrounded by that. And it just was second nature to me. I ended up then taking a job out of college with one of the big six consulting firms. It seemed to be that was a thing everybody did from business school back then. And I took that path. And what there was, there was a time when I really had to think about what it was I wanted to do with my career. And I ultimately decided that it wasn't the right fit for me. Somewhere along the lines, I got married and we were moving around a lot with contract jobs. So I was a network engineer. I ran a, a computer service repair department. And then all of a sudden, someone approached my husband and I saying, you know, you guys do great work. Would you do this for us? And with the business background I had, I decided, you know what, this is the right time for us to start a business. And, you know, we were young and didn't really think about all of the risk involved, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And that's how we started our business journey almost 20 years ago. And since then, we have grown a business um, that's the name is Innovative Solution Partners. And it's a data analytics firm. That's really what our specialty is. 
when we first started, it was uh, Y2K. And for those of us that are old enough to remember, everybody thought the world was going to come to it to an end when the year 2000 hit. And that was the time when we started our business. That's great. So was there a time that um, you had like a spark that said, oh, I love technology. I really want to be in technology. Was that like when you went to school or like when, when did you know that this is what you love to do? That's such a great question. I, I would love to say there was a spark or some light bulb moment. I, I think really what happened was growing up in a business where, you know, as a family run business and people are shorthanded, you ended up doing everything, you know, from taking out the trash to answering phone calls. And that kind of lit the spark of, even though I was a really shy child growing up, it became somewhat of a passion of how do you connect with people and teach them something that is new to them. Back then, people really didn't understand what computers could do. I mean, what did that all look like? And I remember being in college when you finally got email and it was like this new world and people were buying domain names and all of a sudden it was like the new frontier. And I think that was really the attraction of having that new space of the unknown while still being able to use like the right side of my brain of fixing things and connecting with people. I love that. That's yeah, not so much of a spark, but maybe more of an interest that kind of pulled you in into that world. That's very cool. So tell us more about uh, innovative solution partners and how you help your customers because data analytics is huge today. And how did you evolve from, you know, where you started into data analytics? So tell us that whole story. Wow, it's a long journey. Uh, like I said, we started out early days just around the Y2K time. So it was an ad hoc type of request that came from people and helping them through that period. Mm -hmm. And suddenly what it became uh, is how do we use what we're really good at in the training we have to take our business to the next step, which how it Long story short, there was um, my husband is the technical side of the business, although, you know, I have the technical side before we started the business. Mm -hmm. As we incorporated and began growing, he's taken over the technical side of the business with our staff. And I am the person that's a visionary because, you know, I, somebody has to always have the ideas. And I guess I'm the ideas person in the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what we've taken, what we've done is we are an SAP services partner for those that understand ERP packages. You know, it's a software package that allows a company to do everything in one place, be it their HR, CRM, accounting, inventory, manufacturing. So we've specialized in that for years. And within that, we've taken our core is data analytics. And what we've found over the years is that our clients have been large companies. We're in the Detroit area. So around here, it's like six degrees of separation from automotive. Mm -hmm. And over the last six months to so, I mean, once everybody started this new world that we all are talking about, we've really gotten to sit down and say, okay, what is our core? And that's data analytics. And it's bridging the gap between business and technology. What we find is that pe people know there tends to be a, a sometimes a communication gap or per se, or a different way of approaching the same topic. 
It's like if you had a card and one side was black and the other side was red, both sides are seeing their side and think they're right. But it's how do you get that communication to be, okay, techno the business side of the business is looking for this type of solution or these types of reporting. And the technical side gets to understand, okay, this is what business is asking. They may not need to know all the technical backend, but they need to know that they're understood and that a solution can be provided. So that's where we come into play. We are kind of that outside, sometimes the mediator, sometimes the people who can see things in a different way and get both sides of the business to work together for our larger customers. For our smaller businesses, what we find is that, you know, my passion lies with small business. That's just the way I grew up. So I understand that mindset. And for us, it's like finding the solution. Now you've got a business may have information in accounting. They may have an e-commerce website. And all of a sudden, the business owner who's really good at their business, they understand it in and out, but they might not be a members person or they don't have the time to go into three different systems to figure something out or want to hound their bookkeeper to get information. So the types of analytic solutions that we come up with allow them to have that autonomy to see things the way they want to see it when they want to see it. That's so great. You know, in the old days, technology would drive business and today business is driving technology. Um, so they go hand in hand and we, you know, we're in the training business. We do a lot of, um, training around coaching uh, IT people on communication skills because, like you said, there is this gap between business and technology because they speak different languages, they see different things, and that's great that you are the liaison or the you know intermediate um, person that can solve both sides of the problems. I love that. Can you share any customer stories that maybe our listeners can kind of get an idea of how data analytics um, solve problems for customers, either to save them money or to grow their business? And it doesn't have to be even a specific customer, just in general. I think one of the common themes we find is when customers get timely and accurate information, it gives them a different view into their business. Mm -hmm. For instance, we had a customer that they didn't realize that their inventory was not as up to date as they thought it was. So they're thinking, I have all this inventory, why isn't it selling? And we were able to help them discover that what they thought they had in inventory and what was really there don't match. Yeah. Then I think the other common theme comes about is for our smaller, smaller medium-sized businesses, it is giving them information in a way that makes sense to them. And I think also it applies to larger businesses as well. But when you're looking with a business owner who may not have an accounting background per se, mm -hmm. it's how do you get them information in a way that makes sense to them? And so when they get that information, all of a sudden it's like, oh, this product that I thought that, and, and it's a product that they love, right? And they think it's producing the most amount of money because that's a product they love. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, they see their sales are not tied to that product at all. And in fact, it's probably putting a bigger hit on their expenses than they thought. And all of a sudden, it becomes that light bulb moment of, I need to reevaluate what I love and what's actually making me money. That's great. Uh, those are great examples. And, you know, our business, 
you know, when you start out tw- 25 years ago, you know, you're making decisions based on gut or based on, like you said, what you love. And you think, oh, this is going so well because that product makes you feel good. And now we do so much analytics around understanding which classes are, you know, the highest revenue, which ones are the most profitable, which ones are not profitable, even though we love them with all our heart, but they're not really running as often. You know, all of those things are so important to making business decisions. And today with IoT and, um, you know, everything being connected, there's just so much data that people can really make informed decisions with. So I, I love what you guys are doing for your customers because it gives them so much insight and what a great ROI on their projects based on, you know, the analytics that they're finding. So I love that. Um, you also have a great passion for women in tech as well as in business. So share with us some of the work that you're doing to help women in general. That is a loaded question. I was, I'm thinking about it from a couple different aspects. One is by the organizations I am a part of. I am currently one of the board directors for our local chapter of the National Association of Women Business Owners. And I think it gives me a platform to give access to other women business owners to have their voices heard and to be part of an organization that is very committed to figuring out what it is their membership needs are because whether we like it or not women business owners have a different set of issues that they often face depending on which industry they're in where they're located mm-hmm. than most other businesses i am also a part of a a couple of different organizations here but as a certified women-owned business and as a minority-owned business. I think one of the things I think is true to heart is that being true to yourself and showing up that way everywhere you go is a powerful force in itself. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I like to do is be a connector. I, When we started this business 20 plus years ago, the business ecosystem really wasn't built around entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I think now there's so many resources available, but if you're new or if you're just, as most business owners are, you're so busy trying to just get your business off the ground or get it to the next step, that sometimes we forget that there is a whole support network available to us. And how do you access that? So I've been fortunate to go through the tuck WeBank, IBM has it in coordination with WeBank for the executive education program, Mm -hmm. which opens your eyes as to how other women business owners across the nation work. I've been able to do, um, the SBA has an emerging leaders program and the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program. And in that, resources are shared. And so now I like to think that what I'm learned is of value to other business owners. So given the opportunity, I love to share my story in the hopes that sharing with people that being authentic and true to yourself, there's there's a lot of opportunity. And I fundamentally believe that there's enough business for everybody. Mm-hmm. So helping somebody else grow doesn't necessarily, it's not a zero-sum game. Like someone doesn't have to lose when you help somebody else. 
That's great. And, you know, as women, we, we really need to always pledge to lift each other up, to help each other out whenever we can, because like you said, we have different set of challenges in entrepreneurship or um, just in, in business in general, especially in IT, where it's so much of a male-dominated world. So um, many of um, the organizations that you mentioned, I am also part of and um, really do my best to help others in every step I can, which is what you're doing. So that's so great. Now, like me, you also started your career early on when there were very, very few women in tech. So can you share some of the challenges that you experienced and then how did you overcome them? I think one of the first challenges I faced was there were very few women in technology. So to find a mentor or to find somebody that could guide you was really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a... And looking back now, 20 years later, it's a different lens. I mean, at the time I was fresh out of college, had a different view of what opportunities look like, and it was a little frustrating. And I think that's what really caused me to leave my my first, you know, postgraduate job was the frustration about how do I navigate this and how do I find someone to help me navigate this? And it, it was a challenge. And what I found was when I started taking jobs with different companies, different opportunities arose. Mm -hmm. And then I, and then as you move on, I, I think really my subliminally, I, I would really say that growing the business was my way of creating a platform that I wanted in a way that worked for me, in which I could be of service and help my customers and see them succeed. And hopefully that was that was part of my way of overcoming challenges. It was like, if this these doors aren't opening the way I'm expecting them to and I'm not getting the opportunities, let me create my own opportunity. Mm -hmm. So did you, um, what was the process? Did you find a mentor over the years? And what was the process in finding one and, and you know, because we're always, always, always looking for uh, a mentor to guide us and take us to the next level. And it's not as easy as you would think. So can you share some of your experience in finding a mentor? Sure. I think, you know, sadly enough, I don't think I had a mentor for the first part of my career mm -hmm. in terms of I was really struggling to figure out what's next. There were some um, I would say that my parents were kind of like a guiding light in the sense that they're people of possibility. Uh -huh. They really just keep going at it, which can be annoying as, as all, <laughs> you know, at a certain level, but it was their tenacity and persistence that allowed me to, to get into business and say, I'm going to figure this out because while I started my business, we started a family uh -huh. and, um, you know, 20 years ago, I, there were there weren't that many choices, right? You had to decide if how were you going to have a business and manage a family. And I created this crazy solution where I was able to go to school and do that PTA stuff, but then I was working really late nights when nobody else saw it. And so when the rest of the world is um, operating on normal business hours, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that's opened up for me in the last ten years or so is that mentorship takes different. 
it, it looks different for different people. And so as I've gone on and I'm taking classes and meeting other business owners in my area or at a national level, it's taking bits and pieces from everyone you meet and, and figuring out that, you know, somebody can be really good for a sales coach or somebody could be a really good mentor for helping me just deal with my work-life balance. There's different people for different areas of your life, I guess, is what I would share. And I think I was struggling for the longest time thinking that one person would address every area in my life that I want to be addressed. I think that's a very good finding um, because, yeah, one person is not going to understand every aspect of your life, not just your business, but your life, and may not be as sensitive or nurturing in one area where they might be very um, have a lot of expertise in another area. So that that's great advice that don't look for a mentor that can cover everything. If you have a different mentor for different areas of your, your career and life, that's okay. Um, so are there some lessons that you've learned throughout your career that you still refer today to and they are your rocks in any way? I think one is be true to who you are. It's, it's really easy to go after shiny gold, but usually when I found when I was losing my way after going after shiny gold, it never was as shiny as I thought it was. Uh -huh. So I've learned to trust my gut and sometimes it's okay to not take on a customer, even though you think it's going to be the best for your bottom line. Uh -huh. I think the other piece is that I've learned that when I walk into a room, I get to set the table and set the stage. Meaning a lot of times people don't understand what my role is in the business. And if I don't share that with people, and if I don't set the stage that this is who I am, this is my role in the business, a lot of times it's easy for people to overlook you and what value you will bring to them. Yeah, so that's also for women. Oh, definitely. Especially when we're, we're in a minority in the room. Right. Right. So I think the, those are the, those are the two major things I would say in terms of lessons I've learned. I would say now for me, one of the light bulb moments I had a couple of weeks ago was this idea of mentorship versus sponsorship. And, uh, this idea that you can sponsorship is one that other person's not in the room and how do you advocate for other people? when they're not in that room. And so whether it's in someplace that I'm volunteering at in the community, or if it's with an organization or within my own organization, I'm getting more cognizantly aware of that if we talk about opening opportunities to, especially women in technology, is how do you get those conversations started? Especially now that I'm at this point in my career not starting out, I feel that there is it's my way of paying it forward. I think we get to open those doors and build those ladders for the, for the next set of women following us. That's great. Um, really good lessons learned and um, great lessons to live by. Um, so in closing, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in tech now that you've had all this experience and you know the ups and downs and you know the risks and the the uh, gratifications and all of that, what advice would you give to a woman that's thinking, well, is tech a career for me or not? 
I think they should. I would suggest that they take advantage of what's out there, meaning you can connect with people on LinkedIn and you can connect with people in industries that you're thinking of pursuing. And, and we all know technology is really broad. And so there's so many areas when technology, and my suggestion would be to a woman who's thinking of, tech, of career in technology is think about the options, connect with people in those industries, learn what's out there. And the blessing is now I don't think the career path is as direct as what when we were growing up, meaning people are zigzagging in their careers and in their trajectory versus that idea that you're with one company for years and years and years, and then that's where I'm going to be. Okay. So I would suggest investigate, talk with people. And I think innately, sometimes we sell ourselves short, uh, you know, they, that idea that women only apply for jobs, that they're going to tick mark all of the requirements. Mm -hmm. it, it's not necessarily to go for it and you'll find a way. That's great. And build your network, you know, because um, like I said, women are looking to help each other. There's a lot of associations that can help guide and direct your path. So just, you know, jump in and start the process. Um, that's great. So Maria, can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you and your company? Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn, Maria Safedin. Uh, and then our, we also have a corporate page, Innovative Solution Partners, on LinkedIn. And we're also on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at Maria S. And our corporate is ISOL Partners. So it actually might be easier just to find us on LinkedIn. Okay, great. And we'll put those, um, those notes in the show notes as well. So people will be able to get a hold of you. Maria, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our time together, and I hope to have you on as a guest again soon. Thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.